0: Welcome to the Mission Matters podcast, celebrating the people and initiatives that embody the Jesuit tradition of St. Louis University, celebrating what matters in the 200-year-old plus mission that is St. Louis U brought to you from the Office of Mission and Identity.
1: So welcome back. We are here today with Jay Hammond, who is the director of the Ignatian Service Minor uh, and also has taught in the Department of Theological Studies. So welcome, Jay. Good to have you.
0: Thank you very much. I'm glad to be here.
1: We are here to hear from you about what this Ignatian service minor is, how it came into being. Just give us some background on it.
0: Okay, The kind of the strange background of it is actually my research specialty is Franciscan studies, but Mm -hmm. then my educational and teaching approach has always been Jesuit. I've been Jesuit trained uh, education-wise my whole life. So really it's somewhat when Pope Francis became Pope, a lot of people started asking, why is this Jesuit taking the name Francis? And since I could be in both worlds, I was at a lot of talking engagements, It kind of explaining that, and I started teaching a lot more of Pope Francis's thought as class. And uh, very simply put, he kept on saying, you have to do something, you have to do something, you know, theology of encounter, get out into the community. So I started with service learning to actually do that, to see what it would do pedagogically with the students. And the students really liked it, so that grew in 2013. By 2015, I was thinking about how to create a a service learning minor here at SLU, so it really... I'll blame it on the Pope. Wow, you took him seriously. <laughs> yes. Have you told him? Uh, I, I, I have not, and if I did, I don't think he'd respond. So <laughs> You never know.
1: <laughs> so what's your big view concept of what this could do for SLU, what this could grow into, how it's an expression of who we are?
0: I think one of the big words that I use for this, even with the students, is integration. So SLU is doing so many good things. I mean, it has this service culture here that is very robust. It has the dedication to community engagement out of its Catholic Jesuit tradition. So you hear a lot of these sound bites, and I think that there are a lot of good things being done. So the minor, and it is a minor intentionally, can be a project-based focus to where those good things that are already happening could maybe come together really for the benefit of the students to where then they can start seeing how to integrate their education in a way that sometimes can seem compartmentalized. The minor was supposed to already launch in 2019, but then two weeks after it was approved, COVID hit. Mm -hmm. And there's been an ongoing soft launch with community partners pivoting to online tutoring for the students. But there really hasn't been a public launch, and I think this is serendipitous because now when we will be launching this fall, it will be at the same time that the new core will be launching. Mm -hmm. So again, it's just a nice integration because the minor can provide a pathway to where students can navigate the new core that I find really exciting of what it will offer the students as as a way in which they can kind of take some agency and ownership for their own education. Not only if they go with the minor pathway, but just simply how how the new core is put together.
1: Okay. So how would this work? Because I'm imagining students who are majoring in a vast array of different majors. So biology, nutrition, business, law. How does this plug in regardless of the discipline?
0: Well, with the new core, they will have to take a ultimate questions theology class. Mm -hmm. And so that is probably maybe where the the intake would be. And if they get interested in that, there's a Serve 1000 and the class is called Ignatian Spirituality and Service. Mm -hmm. So it is the ultimate questions of theology answered from the Catholic Jesuit perspective. So all of those answers are coming from, a, I would say, a more practical based, Ignatian-informed answer to to those questions that can be answered a lot of different ways. And so if they get interested at that level, then there are three required courses. The second course would be Ignatian Leadership and Service, and the last one is Ignatian Vocation and Service. Mm -hmm. Those intentionally map with Cura Personalis 1, 2, and Mm 3, which are in the core, so you'd be able to fulfill those. You could do your Reflection and Action classes. So with those three required classes, then you have three elective classes, and they can be whatever you want, as long as there is a service component to it. Mm -hmm. And we're scaling very much like the core. First, we're getting the Serve 1000 ready, Mm -hmm. and then we will be working this summer onward to get electives created to where the students can take those. And Our assumption is that uh, faculty will be interested in offering a variety of courses Mm -hmm. simply because I've already talked to a lot of faculty and they'd like, oh, yes, I'd like to do that. But it just is a lot of work Mm -hmm. and it is a lot of work to um, set up community engagement. So really, those electives, if someone would come in in biology, Mm -hmm. they could take a biology class if the faculty member is interested in setting up a service learning component with that. Okay. So in the near term, it will be set up like the honors program to where a student com- could come into a faculty member's class and say, I would like to have this count towards this minor. Mm-hmm. Will you do a contract with me for this class to where the only things that needs to be added, like honors, is one assignment that is integrates the service with what's going on in class and then has at least 25 hours of service in the community. But then that lifting... Is pretty much managed by us. We have a rubric for the assignment. We have sites in the community that they can go to. Because when I started trying to do uh, the service learning stuff in 2015, it was more work than I thought it would be. Because of all the moving parts? Yeah, there are a lot of moving parts, especially just something as simple that we might not consider as the logistics. Mm-hmm. Even if the student is trying to do an in-school day service tutoring Mm -hmm. or an enrichment program at a school that's two miles away. Mm -hmm. And if that's during school, how are they going to get there and back? And if it's an after-school program, it's the same problem. Right. So, yes, working with charter schools, private Catholic schools, SLPS, different programs here, a lot of moving parts. So if you're able to manage those moving parts, it just makes it easier for those end users if it's the student. Or if it's the faculty member at SLU, or if it's the teacher at one of our site schools that are wanting the tutors to come and help, mm-hmm. taking some of the logistical burdens off them, it just makes it easier.
1: Right. So you're saying that, so if I'm biology professor, here I am, and a student approaches me and says, can I use this course as part of my service minor? This is what needs to happen. As the professor, I call you and I say, what do I have to do? And you say, basically, contract with the student. Because we set up everything else. Correct. Okay. That sounds like a pretty nice deal. And then
0: eventually that would kind of be like maybe a a stage one. Just do it that way. It's kind of a student-led grassroots. Uh And if the faculty member says, oh, I like how that went, I'd like to be more engaged, Uh then you could talk to me. And then actually your class could be a designated in registration with the attribute Ignatian service. I guess there's three levels. There could be like the ad hoc student asking you for a contract. Yep. Or your student or your class could be advertised as Ignatian service to where it would be a hybrid. Some students would be in there for the service. Some wouldn't. Mm-hmm. Or if a faculty member wanted, they could say, well, no, now this service is a requirement of my class. Yeah. And at least what I find is that the students that I've been teaching, the word integration, they might not think that biology fits with service, but if you're in a tutoring program in a science enrichment at a an under-resourced charter school here in the city, then it gives a different dimension of what science is. And then even within that, let's just say as a pre-med student, one, they have to have service requirements fulfilled for their pre-med requirements for their application, but two, it actually helps them realize a different dimension about studying biology or studying pre-med and quite a few of the students will realize it highlights their privilege to where they're like, oh, what I did to prepare to come to SLU to be ready to study this pre-med track, I wasn't aware of certain elements of the benefits that I had. Sure. And then other populations in very close proximity to SLU don't have those same helps.
1: Right. Do you see this minor as being applicable to any discipline?
0: uh yes especially in in my understanding of a Jesuit education, everything potentially fits it's applicable to all with that same idea of integration yeah i mean and and I'll use Pope Francis again he's professionally trained as a chemist, yep, so he sees that chemistry actually has a broader humanistic awareness to practicing that chemistry and I guess I'd maybe say it that way within that framework of encounter there is still the chemist who is doing the chemistry Mm -hmm. and within that I, I, I think the program is trying to give this idea of like what is this in the classical sense this humanistic education and in the more mission and identity sense what does Jesuit Ignatian mean in an education and I would say it's the ability to integrate things that at first glance, might not seem like they go together. Seeking God in all things. Well, that, that's, there that's, we go. that's the simple soundbite. That's <laughs> the tagline. <laughs> yes, that's the tagline. This minor is is working towards making that an actual substantive of reality instantiated throughout the university.
1: So a few weeks ago, I had Father Carlos, who teaches in the economics department on the podcast, and he spoke very well about how his field of economics expresses this very thing.
0: There was a candidate in for interviews, and about three weeks ago, I had the opportunity to go to dinner with Father Carlos. Uh-huh. I was like, what do you do? And it was one of those, what do you do? And it was a very, very nice conversation about, hey, what we're doing actually is very similar. Mm-hmm. And he was particularly intrigued when I said, but what we're doing is that we take care of all the logistics and management of the service. Right. And since he's new to SLU and he is um, pre-tenured, he liked the fact that that he did not have to do all those of things course. because in his energies are rightfully so focused somewhere else right yeah so it, it's little experiences like that when i've met people they're like oh that that's something i wanted to do i just didn't know how
1: right yeah this seems like you're creating a package for people just to say yes i want to i want to purchase that <laughs>
0: well our hope is that more people will say yes than right. no
1: listener beware yeah <laughs> <laughs> let me ask you this For students who are plugging into this as a minor, does that imply that each of those service sites will be a school where they'll be helping kids, or are there other possibilities for sites?
0: Originally, one of the reasons why, again, we created the minor when we were thinking about it is that when we were working with sites, two words that they kept on talking about was commitment and sustainability, Mm -hmm. and those are kind of two sides of the same coin. One was the commitment that if you're in the minor, then you might be at a site for two and a half years to get it finished. So that was the commitment, mm-hmm. which then made it sustainable for them because really for some of the community partners that we work with, when they're onboarding and offboarding, mm-hmm. sometimes we're not aware of just how much work we're creating for the individuals or communities that we're trying to help. So a little bit more of a sustainable solidarity over time. So with that, how the minor is set up is that it is mostly school or community center to where you're going to a location and then you're working with programming at that location. Like the largest program we'll be launching out in the fall will be the Clavius Project at a St. Louis University high school. Okay, so explain it'll be, that. It'll be like robotics, coding, math, tutoring for being prepared because the Clavius proper is a middle school program of 6th, 7th, and 8th. hmm But since this educational pathway is a full first grade through college, then it potentially will be they have some pre-Clavius programming, like what would like a first, second, third, fourth grader be doing, and some of that is just math. But I call it STEM plus, and the fact that it's not just math, it would also be nice if these students are at or above reading proficiencies. Mm-hmm. So then all of this is preparing them to really maybe be ready for the Clavius project that is already at kind of a beginning level at SLU. Mm-hmm. So we're just Coming in with the minor and the funding that we have dictates the Clavius project to the next level beyond robotics into STEM to where once the student really comes alive and maybe that's their interest in 6th, 7th, and 8th grade, then, well, what does the individual need to do to still stay on track in high school? Because Clavius ends in 8th grade, but then the preparation for career continues after that, And that's something that I'm really interested with Clavius because they have a very robust relationship with Rankin College. Oh, good. So not everyone needs to go to college. And I know I probably shouldn't say that on a college podcast, (laughs) but there are different pathways for different individuals. Right. So it's really for economic independence and for career advancement. That might be at a place like Rankin to where you get the skill sets to do that. And that might be going to St. Louis University and being an engineer. So this would also be involved with two plus SLU program to where you can get your associate's degree and then come to SLU. So it's really trying to create an educational pathway with multiple destinations because students or people are different and one pathway is not going to work for everybody.
1: Right. I think I want to backtrack a little bit when you were talking about how the minor can open eyes a little bit for students to recognize the privilege that maybe they didn't know they had or knew they had but didn't understand how it played out. Patrick Cousins, Mm -hmm. one of the campus ministers, often distinguishes service from immersion. Right? So what you're describing as an inroad into service is actually an immersion into the life and the schools and the kids' communities as they are experiencing their education and their interaction with folks who are coming to help them yeah. and trying to understand the whole reality. So yeah. speak to that just oh, a no, little bit.
0: I, I hadn't heard that from Patrick before, but I really like that in academics A lot of times it's called service learning. Mm -hmm. I actually like immersion learning better Mm -hmm. because it is kind of that idea of like, it's not a service thing that you do for one week, but how we have it set up, if if it's a traditional 16-week class, you're doing service every single week for 12 of those weeks. And so it is more of the immersion to where then you have an ongoing experience. Relationship. Encounter, relationship, exactly. Mm -hmm. So I'm full on board with the idea of immersion. That's actually one of the things we're trying to achieve is like if you go once or twice, you get one level of awareness. If you go 10 times, that's just a different level of awareness. And we have a fair number of students that have already been involved that they're willing to get involved more. So it's kind of like everyone is busy, everyone is managing their time, but it is kind of like, okay, I see this need because I've been there. So yes, I'm willing to help out on this other level. So yes, the the immersion, I like that. And then we talk about when we're talking to the community partners that are, or the different aspects of people here at SLU, also with uh, reciprocal learning. This is very large with the Clavius project to where there are 52 schools right now in Clavius. 20 of those are free or reduced lunches Mm -hmm. and so we intentionally wanted it to be both because when they come together to do their robotics jamborees you have students from different socioeconomic areas all doing the same thing so they learn from each other there's the encounter and what does that mean in the experience and i know this can sound very naive but it's kind of saying there's a leveling effect that even when you're there and you're coming from different backgrounds and different presuppositions some of those presuppositions, positive and negative on both sides, then it's kind of like, oh, but we are doing this together. Mm -hmm. So I would say that the idea of immersion is that opportunity, I would call it the encounter, where I understand is reciprocal learning. I'm not pretending that these different groups are the same.
1: On parity, correct? Yes.
0: And that's one of the things we've talked about with the Clavius planning group is like it is both equal opportunity and that means that all 52 schools can be there and some of these schools participating are not from under-resourced areas at all.
1: Are they all city schools?
0: Um, No it goes down as far as Cape Girardeau so that is a regional program that is at 52 schools and this is one of the things that I've even learned more of some of the rural schools that are participating they're also free and reduced lunch so it's equal opportunity everyone can participate if they would like but then there's the equity issue that then the funding that we have, everyone understands if you're a school that is not under-resourced, mm-hmm. then you can equally participate with everyone else because these are kids and they should have the opportunity. Mm-hmm. But then the equity issue becomes at certain schools, there will be more support. Uh, for example, I'll just say West County. Okay. SLU students, most likely there will not be funding support. There will not necessarily be infrastructure support maybe laptops computers to get the program going and then students won't be going to west county for the tutoring because they kind of have that whereas that equity issue will be like the under-resourced schools that need the tutoring need the financial assistance mm-hmm. maybe need the stipends to help train the instructors that can run the robotics program all of that will be to schools that have greater need okay so even within that it's the understanding of like sometimes in class i've taught about equality and equity quite a bit over right. the years but now this is the first time that I kind of was like oh boots on the ground that actually makes sense to me in a different way because now I'm in charge of setting up an equal and equitable program for the participants that are sharing their love for learning.
1: I bet that's a learning curve too.
0: That is a big learning curve. I <laughs> My degree is in humanities and the, so this integration that I'm saying a lot of different pieces come together from you know financial to logistics to just a whole bunch of different things. Yeah, it is day in and day out. How do all these moving pieces fit together?
1: Okay, so we've talked about the core and how this is almost a one-to-one mapping for the core or can be seen that way in terms of integration. How about the universal apostolic preferences? It seems kind of a no-brainer to me how the whole Ignatian service minor expresses at least one of those preferences, but you speak to it.
0: For the approval of the minor at the SLU process, the apostolic preferences are explicitly mentioned. Mm-hmm. So the five learning outcomes of the minor are keyed to the four apostolic preferences. So it is intentional within the 10-year framework of the apostolic preferences, and mm-hmm. then also the 10-year strategic plan we have for the minor and for the community outreach that we've done with Clavius. We've thought about It's always within 10 years. Okay, So then like, there's a pilot phase, and there's a phase one, phase two, and phase three. So all of that, everything we've done is geared towards the apostolic preferences. With the one tweak is that the fourth apostolic preference of taking care of our common home, Mm -hmm. we are still very much committed about programming that could be in there with the environment Mm -hmm. because that's usually what they're talking about. We're broadening that out as taking care of our common home, meaning St. Louis, Oh, okay. To where it's not just an environmental issue, but like with a lot of the writings of Pope Francis and others coming out of that apostolic preference is the socioeconomic reality of the environment when it comes to poverty. Of like, usually the individuals that are most hit by this Mm -hmm. are poor people. Right. So within that, we're kind of maybe reverse engineering it a little bit. Yes, it's the environment, as what most people would understand, but it would be what that does to people in our community in St. Louis mm-hmm. and what what type of environment of separation does that bring about. So it's a slight variation on, on what they're really focusing on, but I still think it's integrally related.
1: Absolutely. And that's a crossover with the second preference of walking with the marginalized.
0: Yes. Yes, all those four kind of weave together. Right. And really what taking all four together, the first apostolic preferences, you know, spiritual exercises and a way to God. This is a way in which if students want to, it's not required, they can do the minor and they can learn about these methods of discernment mm-hmm. to where then it's a decompartmentalization of what their education would be, again, right. towards that integration to where is like, yeah, I am a hardcore computer programmer. How does that integrate with my relationship with God. From my understanding of the Ignatian tradition, that's not a strange question to Mm -hmm. ask. And so, again, those apostolic preferences would be like, well, I'm majoring in um, Political political science. And it's like, okay, that works. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. So one eye towards the apostolic preferences, that's more the theoretical Mm -hmm. and intentionally then saying, how do we create service or encounter programming that allows opportunities for integration, integration of the student learning, and then also integration of our community in the city.
1: Great, great, great. All right. So For faculty members who might be listening right now, uh, if they want to get involved or are interested in learning more, what would you say to them?
0: I would say we are launching in the fall, Mm -hmm. and so things will be bumpy. (laughs) (laughs) But if bumpiness doesn't scare you away, and if you're interested and it's like, that's always something that that I've been interested in getting involved with, then yeah, definitely contact me. Because one of the things I would like to do once it gets launched, if there are a group of faculty that want to do a focus together, like it could be Ignatian Service in, Mm -hmm. So it could be like Ignatian Service in Immigration or Ignatian Service in STEM or whatever you would conceive. I'm picturing kind of like phase two of this once it launches. And intentionally, it's launching kind of like as a grassroots to see where people are interested in doing it. Then a faculty would say, not only do I want to teach, but I would love to work with these two other people I know to offer some coordinated scheduling. So it's, it's what you might already be teaching and what you love to teach. It's just that you're adding this service component to it. And if you do that, then it's, it's a way that, probably can't call it this, but a micro-focus Then it's like instead of creating a whole entire minor or an actual program, you can latch on and say, I'll take those three electives Mm -hmm. and I want to do something with them for the students. That's great.
1: And it's prepackaged.
0: Not totally prepackaged because I would have to talk to faculty about, okay, in what sequence and rotation is this going to be offered? Mm -hmm. Who's involved? Because if we're going to put that on the books as a named area of focus, we want to make sure that it's sustainable and it runs again the new core really energized me it would be like how can you take maybe an interest that the ignite seminar is one class so then how would you make three classes into an ignite experience the passion of a faculty members and then students would be like oh we would love to be able to do ignation service in and so then that again allows them trying to present that a more robust understanding of integration is actually possible if people are interested in that type of integration.
1: Very exciting. Yeah. So this all launches in
0: the fall. Yes, that's Okay. Yes. That, that. In theory. Well, no, it's it's beyond the point of theory. <laughs> yes. So so yeah, and I started that segment with it will be bumpy. Yes. <laughs> and just because there are a lot of moving parts and if you do that, this is a cross-college initiative inside a slew. People are being hired to teach some of the core classes right now. But then also any time that you move out into the community, some of those schools that we are partnering with and will be committed to will be easier partners just because basically they have more resources to make it easy. And then some of these other schools, if we are committed to the apostolic preferences and trying to make it work, you have to be willing to say some of these partners may not meet our expectations. Mm-hmm. But then the question to the students and what we'll be doing is like, okay, but then if we're talking about being fair and equitable, mm-hmm. to what degree do expectations maybe need to not change in the long term, but how do you have a, adapted expectations to allow others to meet those expectations? but maybe in different ways.
1: Adjust to the circumstances. Uh,
0: Yes, because with so many moving parts, there'll be a lot of different opportunities for bumpiness because this is a pilot. More opportunities for discernment. Yeah, for (laughs) discernment, for learning. And this is one of the things that I've really found is that when I present those bumps to students as learning opportunities, it makes it real. I've said for a long time, I have a phrase that I like, theology needs a lab. Mm-hmm. So anyone that was doing the the sciences here, it would be very strange to them if they didn't have a lab to where they were allowed to fail. Not only fail, but you learn from that, and it's just the scientific method is, oh, well, that's normal. Whereas within this framework, to have a spirituality or a theology where failing is even expected, and then you learn from it, and then you move to the next level, there will be a component of this because we are not going in and and letting perfection be the enemy of the good.
1: That is the Jesuit way of proceeding. Correct. You know, read the situation, discern the way of proceeding.
0: Yep. And then we'll go back to Pope Francis. Uh, He kind of says some of the stuff with encounter, he just uses the word messy. Some of this will be messy. If you're always trying to make it clean and neat, then you're probably not really having more meaningful encounters with marginalized populations. All right, we're coming
1: to the close of time. So what else needs to be said? Hmm.
0: For me, I was, I was invited to be part of the mission priority examine. Mm-hmm. So some of this is like in no formal way from the university, but I listened in several listening sessions and I kept on hearing a recurring theme. The mission is in pockets. Mm -hmm. And they would say that. It's like, oh, yes, it's here. It's there. So that was in 2018. Mm -hmm. So then as we were putting the final touches on this proposal for approval, really one of the dominating things and why it went so much within the framework of finding God in all things or things that you might not think are connected is that this minor is trying to make the pockets into a program. Mm -hmm. And so then the common denominator is service. And so I guess informally for me, because people that know me well would probably say that he's not always the best listener. <laughs> but, okay. but from listening to the conversations in the mission priority examine, I think it was completely accurate. The mission is very live and vivacious in different pockets around the university. So would there be a way, again, a very Jesuit way to do it, is just make a couple of uh, adjustments where then those things that seem like they should be related can more easily go together
1: weaving a fabric
0: yeah a weaving so this is really a minor that responds in my mind to the uh, mission priority examine in the area of how do we change those pockets into a program that serves SLU's mission and identity Mm
1: -hmm. all about that I thought thank you I thought
0: I'd throw that one in there thank you
1: for that led me right
0: to it yeah (laughs)
1: all right well thank you jay for the time thank you very much whatever we can do in the office to help move this along please don't hesitate to reach out
0: that is a dangerous thing to say to me but uh thank you very much
1: i kind of am learning that (laughs) and for those of you who are listening thank you for being with us if you know of a colleague who's living the mission out loud but seems to be hidden in plain sight, please contact us in the Office of Mission and Identity. Don't forget to follow us on social media at SLU Jesuit Mission. And until next time, let's remember, especially in the Ignatian year, we are one SLU where mission matters.
0: You can engage the mission intentionally here at SLU, and you can encounter it randomly. But good luck graduating without ever touching it in some way. God bless everyone.